Good afternoon, everyone. We welcome you today in our service, our online worship service today. And today we're celebrating Father's Day. So to all fathers out there, wherever you are right now, happy Father's Day to all of you. Um, we are on our um, first uh, phase of our new normal. So I would say that perhaps you could still celebrate your Father's Day, order in, or try to make it special for children who are celebrating Father's Day with your family. Make it special uh, for your fathers. So today we're celebrating, we're honoring all our fathers today. So at this time and at this place, we want to praise God for the life and lives of many fathers, uh, whether they are our biological fathers or spiritual fathers at that, or those uh, people who became father to us. And even to those single parents who are also a mom and a dad at the same time, Happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, maligayang araw ng mga ama po sa inyong lahat ngayon. Today, we will be having a um, message, particularly uh, tackling and discussing about fathers. And this story is not new to you. It is something that's very common in the in biblical narratives. But meanwhile, uh, we want to dig into it, and rediscover uh, the narrative of this story. And I've entitled this sermon today, The Father of the Prodigal Son. We usually hear this story, and it is usually entitled to be The Prodigal Son. But now we're focusing on the trait of that father. And so we're saying that it is the father of the prodigal son. So, yung po ang ating tatalakayin ngayong tanghaling ito. So, without much further ado, we will be reading from Luke chapter 15, verses, uh, verses 11 to 32. So, if you have your Bibles with you today, please read with me. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And I'll be reading from the ESV Version. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hard servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father while he was still a long way off, his father saw him 
and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field, and he, as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed you, your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, was devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the father and covered him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, our good Lord, we thank you for today for giving us this opportunity to look at ourselves as fathers and to look at our own fathers. And Lord, to look at our very self. Lord, may we be able to reflect your word today and may we see the beauty of your message. Open our hearts, open our souls, so that we may understand your will and we may be able to walk in them. All this we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As I have mentioned earlier, I have entitled this sermon as the father of the prodigal son because we, whenever we read this text, whenever we are brought to this narrative, usually what we focus on is the prodigal son. In fact, if you would ask me, there are two prodigal sons here. The first prodigal son who squandered the money of the father, and the second prodigal son who's embittered and so unforgiving to his brother. So technically, the father here has two uh, prodigal sons, if you ask me. But I just want us to focus on the father. And with this, I will relate somehow my own personal experience. I rarely tell my story in pulpit or in public because I feel I am not worthy to say it. And of course, um, you're not here to listen to my ranting or to my own personal story. But I just like to relate this to my own father. 
my father and I, who died in 2016, we had a very complex relationship. I grew up almost not knowing him because he works as a U.S. serviceman. He works for, as a former U.S. Navy and later on he became a civilian employee of the U.S. Armed Forces. So you would probably know that I grew up in a home with an absentee father. And growing up, I didn't know, and I don't know him at all, I didn't know what it meant to be fathered because he's always away. For the almost 30 years that he's working, he will just be home for two months. And with those two months that we will be together, um, most of the time, my father isn't perfect. It's not the black in his memory. But my father would go on a drinking spree, and uh, so you have it. My father, my earthly father, isn't perfect. But he's a great provider. I could not accuse him of uh, not supporting us. He was able to send me to school, good schools at that, not just in my undergraduate studies and even in my graduate studies, even in law school. He supported me all throughout law school. Some other classmates of mine would study at the same time work but for me i have the luxury of not working because my father supported me and because of these circumstances i had a very complex bittersweet relationship with my father and when he died i realized that i wasn't that so emotional when he died i thought and I felt that I've just lost someone whom I barely knew. And then when I came back from the US, so we went there when my father died, it was again a very complex situation that we have. And then when I went back, I wasn't able to mourn for my father. And his birthday was actually Feb 25. I dreamt of him, and it was a very emotional dream. Perhaps the Lord is already telling me to forgive him. And so I also had to ask forgiveness from him. And I realized my father, like me, is a sinner. He is also a victim of his own circumstance, of his own choices or the choices around him. My father is as sinful as I am. I blamed him for many things that happened in my life. Not knowing now, being a father myself, I've realized that while he isn't perfect, he is there to give at least the best that he could give for me. And that leads me to this realization. With that short testimony, it leads me to that realization with this father of the prodigal son. We see here in this story two things. The younger son and the eldest son. Let's just try to look at the sons. Because for me, I also have my shortcomings as a son. 
Sometimes we overly blame our parents from where, for, for what happened to us, but actually sometimes it's also our fault. Look at the characters of these two son, sons of his. The younger son is a hedonist, carefree and wild. In fact, ask for his inheritance. And this is anomalous because, you know, when you ask for your inheritance, you are treating as if your father is dead because in law, you can't ask yet your inheritance because that's an inchoate right. It is a right that has not yet matured. So you cannot ask and tell your father or tell your parents to give you the inheritance that is due to you. It, it couldn't be. Your parents are not obliged to give it to you because it is still their property. It's an inchoate right. But this young hedonist, younger son who's a hedonist, a wild carefree, asked for the inheritance as this is if trying to tell his father that you're dead. I want you to be dead. I want to get my inheritance. We know the story. The Bible tells us, the narrative told us that he squandered his father's property in a wild lifestyle, became so impoverished, and tended pigs. Now, this is very degrading for a Jew if we are talking about in the Jewish culture to tend pigs is something that they won't do. But they, he did it anyway. He's so impoverished. The younger son lost his dignity and sense of self. Now on the other hand, we see the eldest son gleaning on it on the surface. We see that he's hardworking, he's there for his father, he received actually also the portion of his inheritance because the Bible says here in, chapter, in verse 12, and he divided his property between them. So while the younger son received the share of, of that inheritance, actually the, the, the elder son also received his. But he's jealous of the younger brother. We've seen that in the story. He's so unforgiving. He was swallowed by his self-pity. And while the younger son lost his dignity and sense of self, this elder son lost his love and grace for his brother. So that's why I'm trying to tell you and I'm trying to say and perhaps I'm trying to argue that the father has two prodigal sons. Not just one, but two. But I want us to focus, despite these two prodigal sons that he, have, that he has, what are the characteristics of the father that we can see in this story? And perhaps when we see this, I want us to see not only your earthly fathers, or to see how they fall short from these characters. But I want you to see every time we go at least to these characteristics. See how, this, how these things reflect the character of God the Father. The Father is, as we have read in this story, 
is very generous. We've seen it here because in that verse, we read here, and later on, the realization of the younger son, he said, the servants have more spare food because he realized that he's eating and even sharing food for the pigs. And he said, I will go and rest my father. My father has more uh, food for his hired servants. So it means that the father is generous not only to his son, but even to his servants. And in fact, later on, we will see in the story, the generosity of the father was shown to the younger son when he threw a lavish party for his lost son. The father is generous. The father is also very wise. When you look at this story, we might probably think this way. Why did the father give and allow his sons to take their inheritance? He could have probably said no to them. He could have probably rejected them. But why did the father do that? This is my only conclusion. The father is very wise because he just gave his son or his two sons a dose of their own medicine or a dose, especially to the younger son, a dose of his own medicine. The father knew perhaps, he knew his son so much that he knew that his son will squander his property and will go back to him and will come to his own senses. He had a very wise way of disciplining his children. I would say that is very wise. The father is not generous, not just generous, but also very wise. The father is also very fair. Because I've mentioned earlier, he divided his property between them. And not just that, we will see later how not only he lavished love and threw love to his younger son, he also became very tender to his eldest son. He is generous, he is wise, he is fair. And I hope by now, you can relate this very much to God. The father is also very compassionate. And this is what moved me in this story. When his son went back to him, he saw his son from afar and had compassion for him. If you were probably the father, you would have probably scolded your son or perhaps rejected him. Sa ginawa na ito ng kanyang anak, you, as a father, you all have the right to tell your son, you're no longer my son. You even treated me dead when you took your inheritance because by you taking your inheritance, you're considering me as dead because you cannot pass your inheritance unless you die. By taking your inheritance, you're considering me as dead. Now you're coming back. What kind of son are you? 
But that didn't happen. Far off. The son is still far. The father saw him and felt compassion. Malayo pa lang. Nakita na siya ng kanyang ama. He's very compassionate. The father is also very tender. When he saw his son almost, perhaps, perhaps almost naked, with tattered clothes on his body, and perhaps with no sandal shoes on his feet, his son didn't just look like a servant. His son looked like a slave. The very tender father, the tender heart of this father, seeing his son from afar, brought son clothes, robe, shoes, gave him food. He is so tender, not only to the younger son, but to the eldest one. When the eldest son felt Jealousy. Look at how verse 28. He said here, But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. In other translation, it is translated as pleaded. The father could have also scolded the elder son and tell him, It's not your Money that I'm using for you, my elder, for my younger son. I've also given you a part of your property. What is that you that you're you're squabbling or rambling about? Look at what the father did. He said he entreated him, and look how this father treated his sons. He always called his two sons. The term that the the term of endearment. He always called them my son. He said this to his son, the eldest one. He also said this to the youngest one. My son. And that is so much a tender-hearted father. The father is also forgiving, as we have seen here very clearly. He forgave the youngest son for squandering his property and forgetting about him. He was also very forgiving to the eldest son and understood his sentiments against his younger brother. He forgave the youngest and understood the sentiments of the eldest son. He is so forgiving. He's very understanding. And last, the father is very gracious. The graciousness of the father is shown in the way he restored his son I refer to the youngest, how he pleaded to the eldest son. 
and show them both what mercy and grace is all about. You know, when we take a look at this, the character shown by the Father, He is generous, He is wise, He is fair, He is compassionate, He is tender, He is forgiving, He is, grace, he is gracious. The generosity, the wisdom, the fairness, the compassion, the tenderness and the forgiveness and graciousness of the Father showed all of this are but acts of love. This traits, the few traits that we've seen in this story, these traits reflect the love of God. God became so generous to us. He is wise in the way He's sovereignly moved into our lives. He is fair to us. He gave us compassion. He was so tender to us. He's so forgiving. And ultimately, he is so gracious. All of this, the traits shown by the Father are all but acts of love. I say this, and I will just go with this. What is that kind of love you show to others, and particularly to your children. I don't have a daughter, but let me just take this opportunity because I think this is very, very important. How fathers affect their daughters' adulthood. I've seen this on the internet. I will say this because I don't have a daughter and I may just go on and on with the way, but let me just say this, fathers, let me just go with the practical application of this. I will just take this opportunity. You know, my dear fathers, if you have a daughter, show to that daughter how is it to be treated, how is it to be loved, how is it to be respected. Pursue your daughters. Because if we don't pursue our daughters, if we don't show our daughters, how is it to be loved, to be cared for, to be nurtured, to be respected? There will be a boy who will come to their lives, show them and shower them a fake love, and then they will all fall into difficulty, if not disrepair. If these are the type of men that will, that will become the boyfriends of your daughters, you have to be very wary. This is my plea to all of you. Let us treat our daughters or even the daughters in our church. How is it to be respected, to be loved, to be nurtured, to be cared for? so that their standards of men will be so high that those men roaming around, the evil men roaming around, those men who have no dignity in themselves, they will reject them because they know what men they should be looking for.
If we expose our daughters to the right kind of men they should be exposed to, what kind of men they should be looking for, they will not be exposed to men who have no sense of dignity. There are so many worthless men living around and living about nowadays. Mga lalaking walang bilang. Mga lalaking walang gagawin kung hindi sirain ang buhay ng mga kabataang babae. Kung meron kayong anak, if you have a daughter, beware. Show to your daughters what it means to be a man. So they will have the proper standard. Sasabihin nila, they will tell themselves, this is not what my father told me. This is not what the kind of man I should be looking for. This is something that's not what my father is. And they will reject them. They will look for someone who's like you. And for those who have sons like me, let us show to our sons what it means to be a good man. How to treat women with respect and dignity. For younger women who are here, look for men who will treat you with respect and dignity. You are up for an untold misery if you will fall into the hands of an evil prey. So I just want to say that, and I'd just like to take that opportunity as an application. But let's go back to the imageries of this narrative. There's so many things that I want us to take a look, and these are very beautiful in this text, that perhaps we usually read, but we don't probably understand. And I hope this will bring us so much encouragement. I like this when the text reads in 20, and he arose and came to his father, but while, and, but while he was still a long way off, or while he was still afar, his father saw him. You know, that's very indicative of the compassion, the forgiveness, and the excitement of the father. That's how God felt. We're still afar from our sins. We're still there in our sins. But while we are still afar from him, with God, he showed his compassion. He, showed, he, he saw us from afar and felt compassion in us. He gave us forgiveness and so excited to welcome us into his arms. I like that line. While he was still far off. While the son, the person who squandered his property, the youngest son who treated him as an uh, as person who is dead. He showed compassion to him. There's another one. In verse 22, But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. To put a robe 
on this son who squandered his property, who actually disobeyed him, who treated him as if he's dead, was put and was given not just an ordinary robe, but he said the best robe. This is symbolic of giving him dignity, provision, and help. Aren't we all like that? When we have all squandered all that we have wallowed in sin and shame, when we come to God, didn't God give us dignity, again, provision, and help? Not only that, the father said, put shoes on his feet. You know, in the ancient times, shoes is very, very important as they travel, as they go along. The putting of shoes is symbolic of his restoration, the restoration of his status as a son. You know, in ancient culture, having no sandals, because he came to his father, he's remorseful. The younger son is very remorseful. He has no sandals. He's referring, he's saying, I'm very remorseful. I should not come here as, a, as your son. I will come here as your servant and perhaps your slave. But the father gave him shoes. A symbolism that he was forgiven. He was helped. He was restored. And only that, he was given a ring. The father said, put a ring on his hand in verse 22. The putting of a ring in his hand is again not only giving him dignity, but giving him again a right, an authority, and a possession. Aren't these things that I'm just mentioning, these images, reflective of what God did to us? When He restored and when He came to us, when He rescued us, He did not just restore us. He did not just restore us as a slave. He did not bring us back to be a servant. He gave us an authority, a right to be his children. When the father gave a ring on the hand of the youngest son, he gave him back his sonship. Authority and possession. And finally, the father rejoiced. He said, bring a fattened calf to celebrate, symbolizing happiness, rejoicing, and acceptance, and accommodation. This is what God has done to us. Remember the parable when there's a lost ship? The heavens rejoices for that one sinner who will return and confess his sin and return to God the entire heavenly hosts are rejoicing. Bring fat and cough. An indicative 
of God's accommodation, love, and acceptance. God gave us His best robe. God gave us shoes, a ring on our hand, and brought a fattened calf to rejoice that we're back. I would just like to end with this. All of these things reflect the very character, the very nature of God. Because God, unlike the father in this story, did not just give half of his possession to his children. This God, this heavenly father, gave everything. He gave his only begotten son to redeem the lost world. The people who squandered everything, the people who caused him hurt, who caused him pain. He did not spare his son so that the people who hurt him, the people who rejected him, will not suffer, will not be in the pig's pen of suffering, hungry, impoverished, in sin, and dying in spiritual poverty or in spiritual death. God sent his son for you and for me. And this great father, this compassionate, gracious, loving, wise, fair, tender father is calling us to come to him. Not as a servant, not as a slave, but as a son is willing to give us robe, to give us dignity that was lost. He's willing to give us his, our ring so that we will be restored, shoes to accept us and forgive us, and welcome us, welcome us into his banquet. This father showed generosity, wisdom, mercy, compassion, tenderness, and forgiveness. Full of grace, full of love for you and for me. He's inviting you to come to him. And that when you come, I want you to be like the youngest son. Recognizing your sin, because he said here, I have sinned in heavens and with you, my father. Father, in 18, he said, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. If you would come to God with a contrite heart, he will not reject you. If you would come to him confessing your sins, he will not reject you. The morning will be over. Your being lost is over. What will be replaced with those things would be eating and fasting and bringing a fattened calf 
for your return. Rejoicing. Come to Jesus today. You might have squandered everything that you've had. Like me, I could no longer bring back the life of my father. I've wasted many times that I could have shown him that I love him, but he's there. And God gives us always a chance. Always a chance. To redeem and tell that everything will be alright. That we're forgiven. That we are all called to be sons. Jesus is waiting for you. May this Father's Day bring you to the love of God, the Father through His Son, Jesus, and His fellowship through His Holy Spirit. May those of you who might had a trauma, a traumatic relationship with your father, like perhaps I've had, realize that you have a great father in heaven. And that whatever it is that we've done to our earthly fathers, now that we're no longer, they're no longer here with us, God has forgiven us as well. And our fathers have been forgiven too. And for those of you who might have great fathers, whom you perhaps greatly miss because they're no longer here with us on earth, take comfort that you have been given a chance of a great father because your father in heaven loves you to have a father, an earthly father like him. Celebrate the life of your fathers, whoever they are, whatever it is that they may be. Celebrate the life of those people who fathered you. Thank them. And finally, thank God because He is our great Father. And I will leave you with this verse. This is what this great father did to us. He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Let us all pray. Father, we thank you for this time and day that we can celebrate our fathers. Lord, I want to pray for those people like me who might have traumatic relationships 
with their earthly fathers. An absentee father. A father who abused them. A father who neglected them. Father, may we see that like perhaps our earthly fathers, we are also as sinful, as broken as they are. And may you give us that forgiveness, that release, that we may be able to say that we thank you still because despite of all the things that happened to us, we have a great Father in you. You've never abandoned us. Provide healing to these people, O Lord, I pray. Give them love. Give them the comfort and peace. And Lord, I also pray for those people who greatly miss their earthly fathers because they had a good one. They miss their father's laughter. They miss their father's cry. Lord, comfort these people and assure them also of your love. And Father, today I pray, may we see your love, your compassion that you're calling us. You're calling us, Lord, to come to you, our gracious, loving Father, with all our sin, with all our shame, squandered everything, Lord, you have called us, inviting us, willing us, willing to give us the robe, the ring, sandals on our feet. And so, Father, may we come with the saving knowledge of you, confess our sins, and we know that you will welcome us. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you are always with us. All this we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us receive the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen and amen. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters, and we will welcome you again next week. Have a wonderful day. Happy Father's Day to everyone.